Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Inheritance Podcast, episode two. Yeah. You guys came back for more. Yeah, thank you. If you're listening again, um, thank you for listening to the first episode, finding us, and, um, you know, consuming the content and coming back for more. Yeah, and from the last time that we posted to this time, we hope that time in between was great, blessed. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're healthy. And hope that you are encouraged by listening to us again and putting up with our shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here we are. Yeah, again. Episode two. Yeah, again, I'm Rusty. And I'm Mia. And this is the Inheritance Podcast. And so we're going to get into um, my past. Yes. And the craziness that that was <laughs> and uh, how... Let's face it, our life doesn't look that much less crazy. Because we have Jesus, but that doesn't make it less. No, crazy. it was no. What I mean is just you know crazier. You know, God's really brought you through a lot, and you've got an amazing story with Him, and that's what we're going to learn more about today. Yeah, I didn't have the worst childhood, but I didn't have the best childhood. Yeah, um, there's always somebody worse off, somebody better off. You know, that's life. Yeah, so we're going to dive into that. Um, let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? I was born. (laughs) (laughs) I was born in a small town um, just south of Atlanta. Um, Real, I mean, it was one of those where, you know, I knew everybody in town. Mm. um, And they knew me and or was related to me in some (laughs) way or another. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, my dad's not from there. My mom is from there. Mm. And so, you know, my whole mom's side of the family all grew up in this small town. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was very interesting, but it's, you know, the background is, you know, it was very, very country, very redneck, um, upbringing, a little wild. (laughs) Yeah, it was, um. It was a country song. Yes. Lived. Lived. Lots of pandering. Yeah, Hank Williams <laughs> Jr.'s uh, lyrics. Give um, us some. What's your, if you had to pick one phrase from one of that. Family tradition. Mm. Got a pig in the ground and some beer on ice. Oh, yeah. And all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Right. So your mom and your dad, both non-Christians. Yes. I think non-church maybe goers. well not churchgoers. I think they <laughs> I think they claim to be Christians. I mean my dad was raised Catholic. Um never saw him practice that. But um you know, but for the most part, you know, being in the south a lot of southern baptists. So it was kind of like You think it's more like love God, love country? The wholesomeness was there of what, like America, or was it more of like just the rowdiness? I mean, I'm sure that was that I'm you sure lived that was in some particular. Of it that I lived, yeah. Like for you, did you feel? I didn't like... feel there was any focus on that at all. Okay. So I just, you know, as far as I remember, it was more of uh, work hard. And, um, 
you know, big emphasis on family as far as, uh, you know, get family get togethers, mm. things like that. Because you did spend a lot of time with your extended family, your grandma. Yeah, my mom's side. Uncles, I mean, everybody cousins. was within a stone's throw. Right. So we could always be around each other at any given point. Right. Because didn't you pass your grandma's house on the way home from school? At some um, point? Eventually. Okay. That, yeah, once, so it was like that. Like really that close. And before that, we lived in the same neighborhood. Right. On the wrong side of the tracks. A little, a little um, you know, blue collar neighborhood called Pep. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was very interesting. You know, the houses that didn't have the um, indoor plumbing in them originally. So, yeah, I mean, you you experienced a little bit of that too. Oh yeah, with your grandparents' house. So, um, but yeah, um, and on my dad's side, it was uh, it, you know, a lot of emphasis on family as well, but not a whole lot of emphasis on what I would now call. Um, kind of pinpointing dysfunction and trying to <laughs> and trying to you know get past those kinds of things. So, um, you know, it was just kind of like, and my dad's still like this to this day to some degree. I mean, he's just like I am who I am, love it or hate it. To quote him, "You can't teach an old dog new tricks." I'll right. Him. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't agree with that, but. Um, you know, we're praying for him. We are. So take us back to childhood as far as your parents' marriage, what you were taught about marriage, what you were taught really about core family values as far as that goes. I mean, I wasn't taught a whole lot about any of that stuff. Um, It was just... Yeah, I mean, I love my parents, but they, you know, it was a lot of fighting. Right, because they were, how old were you when they actually split up? Because Rusty's parents split when he was little. Um, Around seven years old. Okay. So, you know, how much can you really understand, you know, when your parents are done by the time you're seven? Right, because you know. this was their their marriage was both yes. their second marriage. Yeah, yeah, I am the product sides. of both of my parents' second marriages. So, my mom's thirty years older than me. You know, my dad's twenty eight years older than me. So, you know, at twenty eight and thirty years old, they w- were already on their second marriage. And that then, is that is insane to me now to think about being as old as I am and us being married as long as we've been married. We've been married, you know, going on 16 years. So to think that, and I'm 40. Right. And so to think about the fact that if 10 years ago in my life have already been married and divorced. Right. But now your dad did not have any children from that first marriage, but your mom did. No, I'm my dad's only blood child. And I had a an older half-sister. From your mom's first from marriage. From my mom's first marriage. 
um, which was also interesting trying to kind of figure that whole situation out and actually seeing that looking at it from a point of view of that it's not normal Mm. you know that my sister had a different dad and I mean she was nine years older than me so my mom had her when she was 21 but she you know again she had a different dad and went to his house like every other weekend so and the age gap must have also been. Yeah, the age gap was, I mean, it was just, it was crazy because it was, it was, it was literally like I was an only child, but right. I, but I wasn't, um, because, you know, again, it was very, I mean, our dads were very different people. So, and, you know, you know, with the di- different, uh, financial situations. So we were raised very differently. So fast forward then, once you were seven, when your parents split. Yes. And then what was your child like, childhood like after they split? Like, how do you feel like that shaped you moving forward into your, you know, early teens, high school years? Well, I mean, both of both of them got remarried again. Right. So. Um, I can't remember how long that was exactly. Well, it wasn't very long. I mean, it was maybe two years for the both of them before they remarried and moved on to their third marriages. Um, Which had their own sets of kids moving forward. Well, my mom's, my mom's new husband, um, he had two two children so i i got two so introduced two i got two new step siblings um from that deal and um deal (laughs) deal (laughs) that i didn't sign up for um but and then on my um my dad's um new wife had a child from a previous marriage and this is a little try to bear with me here but right I mean he's my stepbrother Ryan and I've been there since his birth and I will always consider him my brother right. we're not blood but he is my brother and I love him dearly and um so but he was born right before my dad married his third wife so it was like bing bang boom really like yeah, very so, interesting situation. Yeah, so the story was Ryan's mom was. Pr- yeah, Ryan's mom was pregnant. So that way, when Ryan was born, he was already with Rusty's dad. So they kind of started being married, and Ryan was on the scene all within the same chunk of time. So it yes. wasn't like. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like. It gets a little hairy. Ryan was born in, in, in October, mm-hmm. and my dad and. My dad was married in April. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It was all very fast. So it wasn't like, cue the new stepmom, cue the new brother. It's, it gets a little messy. Yeah, it's one of those things um, I will enjoy not having to do to my kids. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do <laughs> to my kids. But when you are functioning out of a place where... 
your foundations of marriage aren't rooted in Christ. Well, and two, so I even mean, if it is, sometimes it can get messy. So I mean, think you know, just in just in this brief period of time that I've told you about all this, you guys about all this stuff. I mean, like, and even looking at a lot of my uncles and aunts and stuff, um, especially on my mom's side, um, the majority of them, and then and you know now I have these step families that I'm a part of. Um, you know, there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of, uh, failed, uh, marriages. So my view, and I didn't realize this until much older, like coming out of my teenage years into my early twenties, but it was like, I really wanted nothing to do with marriage because most of the examples that I had in my life were failed. So I didn't want to. I mean, it was kind of a defense mechanism. Where, yeah, like, what was the point if that's how it's probably going to end? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why even take the chance um, when the odds are stacked against you? Right. Um, and then so, you, you're also seeing it from, like, from a kid's standpoint, if it's going to end in divorce, and I know what it feels like to be a product of that divorce, why would I even want to have kids anyways? Yeah, I mean, it seemed to me it kind like of linked up in a failure. Pattern. Yeah, it just seemed like spouses were so interchangeable. Yeah. Where is I mean, you heard that this, I mean, everybody's heard, no matter how young you are, at some point you hear the vows of, you know, till death do us part, for better or worse. Sure. You've sat in on a wedding or two. Well, yeah, I mean, I went. <laughs> I was the ring bearer in my sister's wedding. I mean, she got married at eighteen, and I mean. That was to, we all knew that was to cover up a, a, you know, oops, pre-graduation pregnancy because. Congratulations. Here's your diploma. Yeah. And a baby right now. Yeah. Two 18 year olds getting married. Hmm. (sighs) Well, that's all about. That's really, it just is really heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, but it's the way. But you were seeing marriage and the failure of marriage outside of the true covenant of marriage that is when god is involved so yeah, your absolutely. only your only understanding was my whole life was what that. i saw and this is what the world does and yeah my whole life was that um so yeah i always think about one instance where i went back I went back when I was 21 for my grandmother's funeral, my mom's mom. And I mean, and this, this will give you an idea how small the town was. I mean, my, my nursery school, my preschool, like the owner of the nursery I went to when I was like three, four years old before I started elementary school, came to my grandmother's wedding, wedding, came to my (laughs) grandmother's funeral. And she saw me and she was like, you know, oh my gosh, she hadn't seen me since I was a child. So she was surprised to see me and, you know, excited to see me, asked me how I was doing. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a musician in a Christian band. And her knowing my family's background <laughs> and knowing. Well, the, living the, in this small town with them. Well, and knowing yeah, everybody I mean, every, the, yeah, everybody knows everybody. So her knowing my family, my family. And knowing how they were and knowing who, how I was as a kid, (laughs) 
She was like, you're, you're an angel. You're a Christian. I was like, yes, ma'am. Because in the South, it's yes, we say ma'am. We say ma'am. We say sir. We have manners. You still call your mom, yes, ma'am. I do. But yeah, so oh, that's, that's that blew her away. That uh, she's like, I cannot believe that you know <laughs> you turned out a Christian. But yeah, it's, so that's that's kind of the the view. It gave me a little you know insight on you know how my family was viewed and um, you know in that town and and it just makes me extremely thankful for you know, kind of overcoming that, I guess. Right. All right. So you just hopped ahead here a little bit until you were 21. So let's, let's back up a little bit yeah, into more of like, <laughs> until more of like a, you know, adolescent middle and high schooler, what was your life like then, you know, post the divorce, post your parents, both remarrying and gaining some new step siblings here and there. What was it like for you growing up? Did you move around a lot, change schools? What was that like? Yeah, so I lived with my mom and was supposed to be at my dad's every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, whether he came and picked me up, that was always, you know, a mystery or a, a gamble, I Flip should say. Flip of the coin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because... Well, granted, now too, some of this is before my dad remarried, so he was he dated, sure, and um, you know, so it was there was some craziness going on there. Cue the Waylon Jennings song lyrics. <laughs> yeah, you can use Waylon, you can use Willie, you can use mm. George Jones. Take your pick. It's a country song, so. <laughs> Other than the perm and the Mazda RX-7. <gasps> yeah, the mustache. Yeah. The mustaches in the 80s were a killer. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, you know, my living with my mom, extremely poor. Like, we we moved around a lot. It's crazy. I was talking. My dad just came up and visited, um, you know, from Georgia. And we were talking about it and, you know, just kind of recollecting. And I'm like, you know, we moved around a lot. Like, I remember, I forget how many houses we lived in just by the time. Just, I don't know. You've you've counted it one time before. How many houses and element, like, moves? It was literally like, it was more than one a year. Yeah, I think it was like, was it like, like it averaged, eight? It averaged out too. Like, by the time I was seven, yeah. and my parents divorced. We had lived in eight different houses. Right. So, but geographically, right. <laughs> we didn't go. We didn't go anywhere. We literally just Thanks. stayed in the same county. So. Thanks, Georgia. Yeah. So we, li- <laughs> we literally stayed in the same county. It was just I don't you know all I don't know all the ins and outs of the circumstances of why we moved so much. I can't imagine it was good. Right. You know, it was. There was a couple of those houses that my parents actually owned, but most of them were rentals. Also, really, truly functioning out of, like, a survival. Like, I feel like from what you've told me, it sounds like we're just going to move until it, and then 
be okay until it's not okay and then we move until it's not okay and then we move so it's this constant shuffling of trying to make it work would you feel like that's accurate maybe i'm off i well it's it's hard to really say because i mean you're a kid so your perception of it is yeah i mean i don't know all the financial ins and outs i know that i was you know well this is a real fact nobody likes moving it can't be enjoyable no <laughs> that's what i mean like no moving's just hard yeah so anyway i mean it was it was really just like the the craziest thing to think about that about how many times we moved now i always went to the same school again it's a very small you know county it only has or at the time it only had one one of each it had an you know one elementary school one middle school one high school and you know everyone who was in my preschool class we went to school together so I actually didn't change schools and move to a different city until um, fifth grade. And that was when my mom remarried to her third husband. We moved, um, you know, to the quote unquote big city, which was a larger, larger town, one county over. And so, yeah, so that was that was a little nuts because, you know, I left everything I ever knew right. um, as far as being in that county. Um, so things were starting to, I was starting to sense a different type of upheaval than I ever had before, just with changing the houses that we slept in. Um, so now it was like, there's a man, there's a different man in the house. There's, he brought some, he has his kids. So that whole dynamic of trying to figure out, does this man love me as much as his own kids? And, you know, how does he treat me without my dad coming over and, like, wanting to kill him? Um, like, that kind of thing. So, it was that kind of dynamic. Um, and it was very strange. And my mom's a very wily person. Um, I mean, <laughs> I she's... I love fi- that word. She's five foot nothing, but she is... Dude, she's mean. I mean, that's the best way to describe <laughs> my mom. Mean. I mean, her and my Uncle Perry were like the black there's seven kids my mom's an identical twin but my aunt is nothing like my mom like they're identical they look exactly the same yeah but they act like polar opposites that's very true and so my mom is the just the pit viper she is now she has tamed down a little bit over the years but you know, but both of my parents operated in this way, like growing up, where if they ever got offended at a job or something, they would just quit it. Yeah, it's everybody else's fault. And move to the next thing or try to or whatever. So, again, we didn't have a lot of money, um, especially, you know, a growing boy with a mom and the dad isn't paying child support. Right. So I get it. It was a struggle. I mean, growing teenage boy, we're eating we're eating through food like crazy. You're eating a whole box of cereal in a mixing bowl. So I will <laughs> say though, I mean, in in this whole time, cigarettes, alcohol, you know, they won't admit it, but alcoholism was there. Sure. Um, so my mom remarries, uh, 
And, uh, you know, so I have a stepfather now and, um, he actually got my mom to stop drinking for years. I mean, for their whole marriage, pretty much. And how long were they married? Um, three, three and a half, maybe four years. And I will say those were the best years that I ever had with my mom. The best. No I mean, surprise. I mean, the, the, you take the, out alcohol. That really the jobs were steady. It was it was stable. Right. I mean, our, that was like the most stable my life was. Yeah. And then, you know, and you got along really well with your step siblings. I did. Yeah. You really enjoyed yeah. their like companionship and friendship. Yeah, we were heartbroken when they got a divorce, and they were just poof, no yeah, longer. Like, no, we were no longer in each other's lives. So. It's just so weird to think about those things. But anyway, you know, that lasted for as long as it lasted. And then it wasn't. And then um, my mom decided that we were going to move again. This is after the divorce. This is after the divorce. Okay. Of husband number three. Of husband number three. Yeah. And we were going to move. Keep it straight, people. (laughs) So we moved back to my hometown. Mm. and we were so I changed high schools because by this time I'm 14 13 Mm. no 13 so it's my eighth grade year actually so middle school so we moved back and um it was we tried living by ourselves for a little while but my mom just couldn't afford it yeah. And we just ran out of money. I think we literally would. Because your would, dad was still hit or miss at this point as far as his involvement on weekends, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And still no child support. Right. So. Yeah, we would we would literally move into a place and live there until we would be evicted mm. and then move to the next place. And how many times do you think that cycle happened? Um, Two, three. Yeah, I mean, and then we ended up moving in with my sister. Um, And my sister was, you know, continuing the cycle of being married and divorced several times. Mm. You know, at that time, my sister had, I mean, she was on her second marriage, had two kids, one from each of the dads. And so... Which I love my niece and nephew. Um, but me and my mom moved in with her and her whole family. Her, her husband, her two kids. So now it's in a two-bedroom, du- like one half of a duplex. So it's, uh, a, <laughs> you know. It's almost like apartment living, right? Yeah. It's, it's super small. But, I mean, I remember we had to, even in, in that scenario... I mean, we were like such a drain on my sister and her husband that, I mean, this is Georgia, so it doesn't get, I mean, it gets chilly in the wintertime. But I remember having to heat the house with the oven open, Mm. you know, and. It's definitely not easy living. No. Come on and stay with us. It'll be super great. Yeah. I mean, it was just nuts, man. Like my mom slept on the couch. I slept on a pallet in the floor. And my sister and her husband had their room, and then my niece and nephew had their room. And how long were you there? 
I mean, for most of my ninth grade year. <clears throat> okay, so it wasn't just like a month until no. your mom no. kind of got it together. No. Okay. And eventually it just, my mom was just like, I can't afford you anymore. Now, did that come as a surprise or did she kind of talk about it? Like when the going got really, really, really tough, was she like, if this doesn't get any better, you're going to go to your dad? No. It just was like, poof, one day it was yeah, dropped on you like a bomb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just crazy. Um, and my dad came and picked me up. And I moved. So when we moved, when I moved with him, they lived a lot closer to Atlanta. So I got, I went from this like, <laughs> you know, country. But when you moved in, he was married to his. Yeah, I had already been going to their house, to that house okay. where they live, like every other weekend. Okay, so timeline wise, your dad was married to Ryan's mom. Yeah. And you were in ninth grade. I'm in ninth grade. I'm 14 years old. And so Ryan's like four. So there's a big age gap with that sibling as well. Oh, yeah. 10 years. Right. So, yeah. I mean, they had been married since I was 10. So this is four years of marriage. I remember it was a week before spring break. Right. So I literally changed high schools. You came back that, to a whole new school. That late. Well, no, I literally, I was there at the new high school for a week Ugh. and then had a week off for spring break. It was insane. Like, I had no time to meet anybody. I was going to say, sounds like the perfect grounds for introducing yourself and making some new friends. Lifelong friends. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, I mean, any kid eventually does. Yeah, but it's, dude, high school is hard like that. Like, you're hopping well, you back think into, it is at the time. Yeah, you're you're trying to hop into friend groups that have been together since elementary school, maybe. Yeah, but or anyway, that. so this is more of a. I don't want. It's not inner city because it's not in the city of Atlanta. But, I mean, I went from a county that had one high school, to a county that had nine high schools. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you know, it was. That's I a mean, big difference. It's where the, it's where the you know Atlanta airport is is the county that I'm you know went through high school in so you know and I get there and I, you know this is and I'm still in Georgia but people are like you sound funny so even, your accent was even that different oh from yeah like country definitely to more definitely. of a suburban yeah yep hmm. so that was an adjustment because I mean not only you know, how I sounded, but also uh, the racial diversity of the new school was, like, insane compared to the school that I came from. Okay, so your school in, like, your hometown was... Mostly white. Mostly white, okay. Um, and then, you know, I'd say 60-40. Okay. White to, white to black. Okay. And then maybe like 1% other. Okay. If you want, uh, you know. Like Asian. Yeah, but I don't even remember. Sure. I don't remember anybody. Right. Um, That wasn't white or black. Mm. Some of this new school. And 
it was way more racially diverse. Okay. Um, so that was an adjustment. Sure. Because I was just used to. Well, what you're used to. Yeah, <laughs> Your norm was, was completely turned upside down. So, yeah, that's. Now, where did, because now we're getting into high school. Yep. So, where did Christianity enter the scene for you? I mean, I know we kind of touched a little bit on, like, mild church experiences for you in episode one. But as far as actually being, like, hearing the gospel for the first time, when does that kind of enter the scene for you? Is it around this time, before this time? In this new school, new group of friends, what are what are we looking at here? Well, I I was thinking about it the other day. There was a time, again, it was while my mom was married to her third husband. Okay. Where we were, and again, my mom was not drinking at all. She was sober. Time. Yeah, so <clears throat> there was a time, or during that time, I remember we were, quote unquote, trying to be Christians. Mm. Were those her words or your? Uh, I don't uh, know if I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing really. <laughs> you know. But I do remember. I mean, I didn't know if that was like a declaration that she gave, like, we're doing this thing. <laughs> no, I mean, we never, we never attended church regularly. We went a couple times, but it always, like my mom always got offended by it because she always felt like she was being judged. And sure. maybe that's the case. I yeah. I don't know. And that's kind of what we were talking about on the first episode, right? Right. Yeah, we, we, we did touch on that a little bit. But I do remember there was just a time where on TV, we always had the uh, TBN was on. Oh, Trinity Broadcast. Trinity Broadcasting okay. Network. I can't even picture that. It was in nuts. My mind. It was nuts because you didn't. There was, <laughs> but there was no context, right? So you're just watching the show called Christians on TV. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't like my mom was like studying the Bible or like right. what or like being moved emotionally. Yeah, I by think what she was, was happening. Just, I, it was just when I, when I think back about it, I'm like, I didn't know that. That's so bizarre. I actually forgot about it until just the <laughs> other day. I think the Lord reminded me of it. It was and it was just like. Well, mate, I don't know. Maybe there was like a small seed oh, yeah. that was planted then, um, you know. But anyway, so fast forward to, or let's go back to high school, and um, mm-hmm. I'd say it was eleventh grade year. Okay. Where, and it, and it all it all came through music, okay. really. Um, I met a kid in my homeroom. Right. Who, you know, I was, I dressed real punk rockish. And so. No, at this point, you had been seeking for something. Well, I can, up until this point, <clears throat> like there was a point in high school where I got involved in um, basically like a drug free what do you call it i'm trying straight to edge? i mean yeah it was called straight <laughs> edge but i'm trying to think of uh like triple x straight edge <laughs> so like a genre but i considered myself atheist okay um <clears throat> at one point i don't remember how it exactly happened but i had 
made the decision to denounce God and um, I just made my mind up that he didn't exist. Okay. That he was a, you know, a figment of someone's imagination. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly when that happened. But also, along that road, I started to get spiritually curious. Okay. And so my first, I'd say, attempt at being, quote unquote, spiritual was, because I was also vegetarian slash vegan at the time. Mm-hmm. So. And what year was this? Like 96? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 1996 in the 1900s like our kids like to say (laughs) yeah so oh and did it did it come through like trying to seek out other vegans that got you no because me and my whole group me and my whole friend group were like we were like you know kind of cookie cutter copies or carbon copies of one another okay we all liked the same music we all skateboarded we all you know it was just like it was our click and you had access to these types of restaurants and grocery stores right that like weren't in your hometown out in the sticks right heck no because it was the 90s so it wasn't like today where you can go down the vegan aisle at the grocery store or go to a whole vegan grocery store or a whole vegan restaurant yeah, it was Very like different. the grocery stores were just starting to carry that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, but by and large, no, it was very, it was much harder. Yeah. Although it was easier in a city. Sure. That's like what I Atlanta. meant. Like Atlanta was, if you'd find it anywhere, it would have been there and not in Pep. <laughs> I don't even know if people in Pep would have known what a vegan no, was. No, they probably still don't. <laughs> but... <laughs> No offense oh, to people. From, if anybody from Pep is listening, oh we love you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you're vegan. You're hanging out with your crew. You're becoming spiritually curious and leading away from atheism. Like, okay, there may not be the God, but there's maybe something out there. Yeah. So I started looking into different religions and the one that really fit the bill for me was, you know, uh, Hinduism, but more specifically, Hare Krishna. Um, because they're vegetarians. Mm. And plus, th- there was a band that I listened to that w- was also Hare Krishna. And what band was that? Shelter. Okay. And so I was really big into... Um, I got... I mean, that was kind of a movement that okay. came through um, the quote-unquote hardcore scene. Okay. Um, you know, punk rock scene or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I latched onto that. Okay. And, and got- at that time, did you feel fulfillment in that? Like, man, I wasn't too sure about the whole God thing, but this is something. I and think I so. I think I was just. Here. I think I was just struggling for identity. Sure. You and know? not having really anything at home at that point. No, and also by this point, I'm 
I'm already. I mean, I'm hanging out at Tim's house, like. Right. So you're basically. Names, I don't mean to do that, but. <laughs> so you're basically not even living with either one of your parents. You're kind of like crashing eventually, at friends' homes. Yeah. Yep. So you've moved out almost completely. Pretty much. Okay. And at this age, you are 17? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Maybe six. Trying to keep up with the timeline. Yeah, it's hard to, um, yeah. It's okay. I'm really trying to create this time. Sure. uh, It's full. Yeah. It's, It's a lot. It is a lot. It's more than most people ever even experience in their entire lives. Yeah. But continue. So, you know, I'm searching and... I end up like again I meet I meet this kid in homeroom. Right. And you know, he looked he had just transferred to our school. Okay. And he looked like punk rockish. Mm-hmm. Looked like we might be into the same stuff. So I start talking to mm-hmm. him every morning at homeroom and he starts telling me that he's you know and we also had a band. Um, but he starts telling me that he has a band. And that they're in need of a drummer. And I play drums. So, you know, I agreed to go over and, uh, you know, jam with them. Do some writing or whatever. And we started hanging out. I had my clique that we were part of, that I was part of. And then there was this, this other group. And now they never told me at the beginning that they were Christians, but he was like, we have this, it's a punk rock band and you know, we practice at the guitarist, you know, house. And so I started going over there and practicing. Well, eventually the, our guitarist left and then our bass player moved to guitar. And then my best friend who he played bass. So next thing you know, perfect fit. Yeah. Perfect fit. Like we just, he came right in, like filled the gap perfectly. But little did I know we had this half Christian, half atheist band going on here. And we're playing, like we're putting shows together with other, again, I mean, this is a huge County. So we're putting, there's other high schools that have other punk rock bands that are forming out of them. And we're all like, putting sh- I mean we're bringing like hundreds of kids out that's amazing oh, yeah it was great it was a really fun time um so yeah it was a cool little scene we had going it was nothing like what was going on downtown but it was cool nonetheless for what well, we you're were like doing. high school yeah we're high school like the coolest thing that you're doing right. <laughs> but we always thought we should be cooler oh yeah. you know what I mean so um you're so edgy <laughs> <laughs> so we thought <laughs> It was mostly the, the pictures, mostly the studded speak belts. Another term. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, eventually the, I started to, and I, now that I look back on it, I feel like it was the Lord that was showing me these things, opening my eyes to see what was happening. But it was really, I started to notice the contrast, the stark contrast between, um, Mine and my best friend's friendship and the other two guys in the band who were close friends. And I'm like, they really treat each other well and we don't. 
Yeah, so you're starting to see differences in like the everyday. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually those two guys invited me to a church camp. Well, they invited me to church first, to a youth group thing. And I started going to that with them occasionally. And it was just, you know, and eventually it was, a, I did go to a church camp and eventually gave my life to the Lord there. Um, But it was a struggle because I had, you know, it, you know, if anybody's listening to this, that's gone to any kind of church camp, you're, mm. you're in it, you're immersed in it. It's real easy while you're there. And then you have to come back. So I had to that's come hard. back to my atheist friend group and I mean, and take the, I mean, at first it was the attitude of, uh, you're just confused. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And there like was snap out and there it. was questions. There was honest questioning. And then eventually that turned into uh you know just outright rejection. Mm. Like wanting nothing to do with me. So And then how was that because you were sleeping at your rough. atheist pal's house? <laughs> it was rough. The tensions in the house were Running a little high. We're not good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we were never the same. It was never the same. And then <clears throat> I, you know, and Tim's parents were great. They let me stay there for like a year. Yeah. Crash on their couch. for. They literally gave me their living room for a year. That's amazing. And, you know, I just helped buy groceries. I worked two jobs at the time and finished high school. And then... um you know, like literally, literally moved from there to Florida. And what took you to Florida? A really crappy band. Say the name. No. <laughs> it's important in it our story. It is not. Story. The name is not important. The name is not important. You're right. But that part of your story is really important. And that yeah. really like kind of catapulted you yeah. into music. What led to my career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. As a trajectory to yeah. your, your future there. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And here you are. You made it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope that wasn't too disjointed um, of, uh, I mean, we tried to make the timeline as, right. you know, as linear as possible uh, for you guys. It's, well, it's and this your has story. gone a little long. Yeah, this is a little longer than the last one, but it's your story and it's all of the intricacies that make you who you are and God is going to and has used so much of that story and has really brought you a long way. So well worth the explanation, I think. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, um, get, you know, maybe some of you guys have been through some similar stuff and you can relate and you can have a rejuvenated appreciation for what the Lord has done or is doing or is going to do in your life. And that's really what this is all about. Right. We want our lives to speak to you guys and encourage you. 
give you hope that the Lord is always working. Sure. Even uh, when it doesn't look like it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's literally putting together everything for the benefit of those of us who love him. Right. And call him Lord. So be encouraged. Um, we're praying for every every one of you. Yes. Those of you who don't know, you're our listeners yet. <laughs> you will be. You will be. <laughs> yeah, and your 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 life, you know, when you're a kid, you don't pick it. It just is what you get dropped into. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for your life. And he can use every single part of your life if you let him. And it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think that kind of wraps it up for this episode. That's kind of the the backstory kind of brings you to where uh, Rusty and I are eventually going to cross paths. But stick around. Tune back in for the next episode because you're going to be able to hear a little bit about my life and where I've come from and a little bit of my testimony. And then you guys will get to hear how we met. And that's a great story. So we hope you guys come back. We hope you guys have a blessed week. Yeah, once again, this is the second episode of the Inheritance Podcast. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.